a morning of what no nothing was happening in the world right on social media nope um I'm going to testify myself this morning on uh, on some things. So uh, anyway, we uh, we are thrilled as a part of the Vox podcast to take a few questions on Facebook Live, and um, you know we'll probably uh, start uh, Facebooking our uh, our podcasts. But um, at this point, um, we want to at least take enough time that if you want to chime in or if you want to ask a question or two, you can do that. Typically. Uh, four or five people are watching live at a time, which you know for us is uh, is a pretty big number. Bigly numbers, B- bigly. And uh, so anyway, we're excited. All right, so Andy, we got questions today. Yeah, we got a few. Okay, let's do this. Some pretty, uh, you know, there'll be quick ones, I'm sure. Oh, okay, perfect, <laughs> awesome. All right, number one. Okay. Here we go. I am a Christian woman and in my mid-30s and have been single for a long time. And the fact that I'm not married is really hard to deal with sometimes. I I want to be married more than anything to take away the sting of loneliness. And I unfortunately have become addicted to masturbating. I'm scared to death that because of I'm this... I'm sorry, that's only that's only a male issue. Yeah. Next next question. <laughs> I'm scared to death that because of this, God won't bless me with a husband. Can and will God still bless me with a godly man, even if I'm struggling in this area? Oh, wow. Um, first of all, I think um, it, someone in that situation... Um, is experiencing a very unique kind of aloneness and suffering. And I'm so very sorry that 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 has not happened for you yet. Um, I I totally get the, uh, I, I got married at 29. So I, I don't, I can't completely understand it, but I certainly, uh, hearing my wife talk about what it was like to be in her late 20s, let alone 30s, um, uh, that there's this cultural, not only a, a kind of a cultural pressure, not only the, you know, your individual desire, but a cultural pressure to kind of make all of that happen. In terms of masturbation, um, we've talked a bit about this before. Um, you know, I don't think that the scriptures directly address the act. Uh, there are some people that think that when the Bible says, or when Jesus says, you know, cut off your right hand, if it's causing you to sin, uh, that's, I, I, don't, I don't think that is what he had in mind there. Um, so I, I find it interesting that something so universally uh, struggled with um, is not directly addressed. Now, of course, the issue of lust is, and lust can grow into other things. And so that's certainly addressed. But uh, is it that where, to the point where because you're not perfect, God will withhold a husband uh, from you? Uh, I don't see Jesus revealing that kind of God even remotely. So um, I understand why uh, in the midst of um, singleness and loneliness, uh, masturbation would be not only a temptation, but something that is, is a release and an outlet. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't, you know, and, and if you're addicted to it, I mean, certainly that, that if it's, if it's kind of at that level, man, of course it should be dealt with. But um, is, is that the kind of thing that would cause God to hold a, withhold a husband from you? No, not even remotely. That's not the God uh, that we see revealed in Jesus. The God we see revealed in Jesus uh, is, is a God who, um, who, who brings rescue, deliverance, and freedom. That doesn't mean he'll bring a husband. I can't promise that. I don't think anyone can promise that. Um, but certainly, I don't see uh, in the scriptures, uh, in Jesus... 
um, any warrant to think that God would punish you in that way because you struggle with that issue. If, if that if that were true, then I would not be married. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how many guys on <laughs> right, this earth would right. not be married? I mean, if that's the if that's the test, um, I yeah, I, I, I God should have withheld a godly woman. So so um, I, I don't. You know the issue. The issue separate. Take that out. Uh, I think that way of thinking is is not true even remotely. So mm. bless you, sister. Okay, here we wow. go. Um, not totally different, but different. Um, I have a boyfriend that is so selfless and has demonstrated the kind of things that you mentioned in your podcast about being the head sacrificer and not giving into the stereotypical roles of the man and woman. However, he thinks that soulmates exist. So, he- nope. <laughs> we did a podcast on that. They do not. They do not. No. He thinks, Next question. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that we are really good for each other and that okay. we have helped each other become a better person. Okay. But he wants the, quote, feeling oh, in his Lord. soul that we are soulmates. I don't believe in soulmates. I think that God puts people together and love what is what you make it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And love is what you make of it with work. Okay. There are feelings between both of us, but he says not, quote, that feeling. Right. That just, ugh. Yeah, I can't believe in soulmates because what happens if you miss what happens if you miss them? We have both right. been divorced, and the thought. Hold, hold on a second. He's been divorced. Yeah. Well, that's funny. <laughs> so, so let me get this straight. He either believes in a soulmate because he got divorced, and and clearly that one wasn't it. So there has to be the one out there. In which case, he's not taken any ownership or like really looked inside to realize that he was part of the problem there too, <laughs> right? Or he believed that, that this other woman was a soulmate too, and he missed. Right. So I mean, uh, uh, really? So there's okay. so many holes that's in funny. that. That's, that's funny. That's funny. Okay. Um, Bless you. So yeah, the 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 things that come out of the question: Did I miss? Um, yeah, did I miss that and now just have no one? Oh, what, if a soulmate is yeah, real. Yeah, if a soulmate is real, did yeah. I miss it and, and, yeah, and don't screw no it up. Yeah, what are your thoughts biblically on soulmates and marriage and even relationships that are relationships for if not to help each other be the best possible version of themselves they can be? Yes. Um, well, I think my commentary has spoken for itself. Um, <laughs> I, I think that there are times in the scriptures where... Uh, and these are very few where we get in, we get like um, Isaac and Rebecca, um, where there's a match um, that that God like there's this big fleece God if if uh, it's from Abraham um, Abraham's servant God you know the the first person to water my camels may that be the the one you have <laughs> uh, so if you you have biblical warrant for that so if you're looking for someone to water camels I think you could do that but but um, the idea of the soulmate comes from this idea that God has a, this specific blueprint for our lives and any deviation from that is outside of God's best and I I do not think there's any biblical warrant for that I think that the times in the scriptures where you see very specific specific instances of God's will are uh, the times where um, uh, in salvation history, God was concerned with the promulgation of like the messianic line or uh, with Paul's missionary endeavors. Paul, you know, at one point Paul was like, I'm going to go here and the door shut. I'm going to go here and the door shut. God appears to Paul in the dream and says, no, no, I want you to actually go over this way. Um, I think in those instances, of course, God has a specific plan, but, but, but there's no prescriptive 
passage that I'm aware of that says God has an individual will for each individual person. And according to these, and according to these steps, six or seven steps, you can find God's will for your life and go. I know that there are people that think that. I think that is a very foolish way of thinking. I think what scripture teaches instead is discernment and community uh, with the scriptures, the spirit of God and the community of God and wisdom. And in those instances, um, I think it is, if you're good for each other, if there's an attraction there, I think, hallelujah, go for it. Because no matter who it is that you marry, you will have irreconcilable differences. That is just the nature of being human and the nature of being fallen humans is that no matter, you know, the feeling or not, I mean, the idea that there's this magic feeling, and maybe it's a protection mechanism. Maybe he thinks if he finds someone with the magic feeling, that means then that there won't be any problems in the marriage. Well, I mean, he's going to be in for such a rude awakening. So uh, my personal opinion, uh, and again, this is so easy for me and I'm not a relational expert, as my wife could readily attest. (laughs) My personal opinion is if he's holding out for the feeling and doesn't have it with you, get out of there. Uh, because uh, you you can't compete with a, ma- a mystical magical feeling, mm. and uh, and it sounds like you know um, life's too short to just simply waste time uh, waiting for this this guy to get a feeling. So if he doesn't have it, um, you know his loss is is what I'm what I'm saying. Mm. Boom, boom. All right, last one. Dang. <laughs> uh, Dang. Yeah, here's an easy one. Um, I'm struggling with how to resolve things during times when tragedy strikes. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. For example, many kids were killed during the Columbine tragedy. Yep. Parents lost kids and other parents' kids were spared. For the ones that were spared, the parents thanked God for watching over their kids and protecting them. For the yep. parents whose kids were killed, does this mean God wasn't watching over their kids and didn't protect them? Right. On the surface, it seems like it is easy to give God credit for the good things, but what about the bad things? How can one give God credit for the good and yet not blame him or hold God responsible for the bad? I'm working to resolve this, but it seems to take a lot of mental gymnastics to get there. Yeah, boy, it sure does. What a great question. Yeah. First of all, some people do. Um, some people who are, are dear Christians um, believe that God is responsible for good and bad. And so, like, blessed be your name, God in the desert. I will bless you in the, uh, you know, what's the other? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the song. It's I know it's in the desert place because that's the one I remember. And then there's an, the good place. And blessed be your name, of the, blessed be the name of the Lord. Either way, you give and you take away. Oh, yeah, 10,000 um, reasons. Uh, nope, it's blessed to be the name. Ten thousand oh, reasons. Oh, yeah, no, song. that's right. Yeah. Listen, Andy was a rock star back in the day, but not <laughs> Christian rock. Let's just be honest. Yeah, um, I can I can thank God for that. Oh, amen. <laughs> so, so I, I do think it's a legitimate question that some people resolve simply by saying, "Yeah, everything that happens is God's will on earth." Absolutely. I also really appreciate the tension that you feel if there's a there's a um, uh, a tragedy like that and. Um, somebody will say, Hey, you know, I just want to give credit to God for sparing my life. Well, that naturally says to all the other people that are grieving, God didn't do that for you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm, I'm very sensitive with you on how, how that sounds and how that comes across. We've done a couple of podcasts. If you've been a listener on, um, hello on, uh, does, uh, God cause suffering? Mm-hmm. And our answer is no. Because that there are other wills at work in the world besides God's. That that it is not we cannot yet say 
um, God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that there are other wills being done. Can God intervene? Of course he can intervene. Can God prevent? Of course. And I'm sure, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does way more than we could possibly ever imagine. But, but I believe because of the, the kind of relationship God desires with human persons, uh, God restricts his power um, a, a, in order to allow us a certain degree of freedom, however you, you couch uh, that out. And, um, and in so doing, allows for the hurting of each other, the harming of ourselves, uh, and those sorts of things. Now, again, that doesn't answer the question. Uh, the way I resolve it very simply is this, that I think the scripture teaches three things very, very clearly. First, God is good. In him, there's no darkness at all. Number two, evil is evil. You, you, don't, you don't say, hey, you know, you don't try to cliche it up. You don't try to dress it up. You don't try to put a red bow on it. Uh, what happened in Columbine was a massacre. Um, you know, cancer is awful. I mean, we don't, we don't try to just pretty this stuff up. Uh, but the third thing the scriptures teach is that God will bring good out of evil. And so what, I, what we can say is, is whether or not, you know, the individual kids were protected by God or not, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, what we can say is that God will use that tragedy to bring good. Now, he's so good at doing that, that some people will say, well, because there's so much good that's come out of it, the bad must have been from God. But I love what Dallas Willard says, God, God is beautiful and never needs to use evil to accomplish his purposes. And um, I just think that is a summary of the clear, clear biblical teaching of the God revealed in Jesus. So hope that gives you a couple of uh, steps along the way. So to that end, oh, my wife wants to FaceTime. Huh. So this, is this an infinite cycle? Hi. Yeah. All right, Mama, you're on Facebook now. Oh, snap. You're, all right, so you're <laughs> on my phone and you're Facebook living. Hi, Mama. I'm going to hang up now. Oh, Mama. <laughs> this, is, this is a technological anomaly. This is, yeah, the, there is a rupture in this FaceTime continuum. I love you. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. See, she's my soulmate. No. She is my soulmate, or not, <laughs> or not. When I, when I first started, when I first started saying there was no such thing as a soulmate, you know, my wife was like, "Well, I think it's more romantic if you you know, you think that there is." And I'm like, "Yeah, of course, of course there is." But you know, I'm like, "Do you think you could have married other people and been happy?" And she said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a given. <laughs> oh. All right, Facebook. All right. So, uh, anyway, say your goodbye. I'm going to say my goodbyes. Okay. Um, we're so grateful for the opportunity to, uh, to counter program uh, James Comey's testimony. And um, anyway, thank you for such great questions. And, and we know we don't do them justice. Oh my goodness. That's why sometimes we'll refer to podcasts and other things. But uh, we just think it's so important that you are, um, f- you feel free to ask them. So thanks for trusting us with that. I hope this is helpful. Facebook, have a good rest of your day. Although evidently it says that if you spend an hour on social media, you are more likely to be depressed and anxious. So get off of Facebook and live. 